Welcome to the Sonic Shaman Show, home of the Coffee Connect and Conscious Connections. The show is dedicated to empowering you to perceive, know, be, and express your unique voice in this world without the fear of judgment of others through healing, coaching, and educational services. In each episode, Hank and his guests offer tools, techniques, and inspiration to help you step into your potency. Now, here is your host, Hank Settela. Good morning, everyone. Back again. Actually, good afternoon now. I've been filming since like nine o'clock this morning and on different uh, programs. And uh, just welcome back if you've been following me since this morning. I have a very special guest, and I'm hoping to pronounce the name correctly. It is Bridget Aileen Cisco. Did I get it all right? You did it. I did it. And she is the founder of Exalted Publishing, a Kundalini yoga teacher and public speaking coach for entrepreneurs. And her mission is to amplify the voices of way showers, pioneers, visionaries, and leaders who are here to make a difference in this world. And I would want to start just by saying everybody has that unique voice inside that can make a difference. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be, you know, in front of a whole bunch of people. When you can show up and be authentic with yourself, just you being you has like this ripple effect that ever, everybody around you starts changing. Um, but where would you like to, from all the things that you could share with us, because we know we always have just such limited time, uh, what comes to you as the thing that people would most benefit from knowing about you and, and diving into some of the things that you have to offer? Yeah, totally. Um, I'd love to start at the beginning because my entire entrepreneurial journey started with illness. It started with Lyme disease as this major, major catalyst for growth, for understanding, for healing. So I think we can start there. Awesome. So like Lyme disease, I have had a couple of people, um, clients of mine, and one of my teachers who taught me about crystals, that they had Lyme disease at an early age and weren't diagnosed or were misdiagnosed. And it just created such havoc in their life. Uh, it was Were they straight to the point with finding that out about you? Or was it like these other scenarios where they didn't really know what was wrong and it was um, really having to, to take some deep dives into trying to figure it out? Uh, yeah, definitely the second point there. So I didn't have that full answer and I am no expert on this. So I just want to like share that this was my personal experience, but it really was layers of going to many, 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 many doctors of having no answers of being very frustrated. I was around age 14 or 15 and I was just dealing with a lot of health complications, skin rashes, like pneumonia. My immune system was like completely knocked down. Um, and you might have had this conversation with some of your guests. Some of the testing for Lyme disease isn't quite there yet unless you go to a holistic practitioner who can test for all these titers and other things. So really the journey started when I was very frustrated with my health. I didn't really understand what was going on because I was so young. Um, I didn't really have a connection to my body. And what started happening was my frustration led me to all of these holistic outlets because I was just fed up. I was like, I cannot do another round of antibiotics because that's ruining my gut. I have to go for colonoscopies, no answers. So absolutely, it was the same as some of your clients or some of the people you've interviewed. A very meandering path is what I would say. <laughs> Oh, meandering path. And was there a turning point though, where like for me, I, I don't have, you know, Lyme disease in my background, but I did have a, a 
problem with addiction and meandering through knowing that there was something wrong, but not being able to get to it. And it was like a moment of clarity where I just had this declaration of will to the universe, like universe, help me, God help me. And then everything started to shift. Did you have like a, a clarity moment like that where things just started becoming clear or was it a particular uh, modality that called you that started to give you clarity on what was really the things needed to heal? Uh, to be honest, you know how things only make sense in reverse, you know, and yeah. you like look back at your life, you're like, duh, that's what was happening. Um, so one of the biggest catalysts was when I was so frustrated going to this doctor, I had typed up at this point, it was a couple of years into the, the healing journey. I typed up my entire medical history, all of the antibiotics, all of the things I'd ever been given, all of the diagnosis, all of the co-infections. And I go to this doctor and he doesn't look at my paper like doesn't even give it the time of day and i was like pissed at this moment thank god for my mom because she was my voice honestly at that time and i left there crying because i was like how does he not get it like everything is connected in the body so i had already started to make that connection that okay if this person's saying that it's just my gut there's something else going on like everything in the body is connected so because of that frustration i started to you know do my own research i was like google's best friend um <laughs> And the biggest thing that stuck out to me was Ayurveda. I was like, okay, this makes sense. It's a system that's kind of like a personality test, but they're also talking about your health, what you put into your body, how you treat others, how you treat yourself, movement, all of that jazz. So I would say looking back, that was one of the major, major like ahas and turning points because it allowed me to realize that everyone is unique and that one size does not fit all when it comes to healing. Yeah, we say that in access consciousness, they have like 60 different energy flows and different energy practices, but they say you might have like five people there that all have the same type of cancer or same type of medical condition, but energetically, they all got there at different ways. And you would use a completely different protocol or different order of protocols to address that. So I know that um, just looking at some of the information that you also had the knowing that you were going to work with people, was it your own struggle with the journey that you wanted to like help people fast track themselves to be able to get to that place of healing? or what was your real when was your knowing that you were really going to be working with people yes um so in this healing journey i also started to have a lot of reproductive health issues too and i remember going to the gynecologist crying because i felt like i wasn't seen i wasn't heard so i was pissed so really my <laughs> own frustration was like i cannot ever let another person feel so not seen and not heard right now um, and at this point, I'd already come to the understanding that like, I am my own best advocate. I know my body best. No one can tell me what's happening in my body. And that I honestly have to be a major role in my own healing journey, that nothing outside of me is going to change me unless I like allow it to. So that's where like a little bit of the mindset piece came in. Um, but yeah, it came to me pretty young that I was here to help people. But I will say I went to college. I lived a very like regular life. I graduated college. I got a job in New York City doing sales, phone sales. I hated it. And at that point, I was like, we got to quit. We got to go study yoga. We need to we need to change this. So that's really when it, I started to become in service of the mission. And this reminds me of something that my one friend, Mary, posted on Facebook. And I know she was watching earlier. Mary, if you're watching, like, send me the link again for it was about this, um, this person that was overweight. 
and they had these different health complications going on. And every doctor would say, it's just because of your weight, just because of the weight. And they knew that it wasn't. And it actually motivated them. They lost all the weight. They showed up and the issues were still going on. And then the doctor ordered the MRI or whatever the tests were. And they found like some really weird anomaly that is like a rare case, but they weren't even willing to look at it because doctor knows best. You can't possibly know your body better than the doctor. Uh, and, and everybody was taking the first most obvious thing and attributing it to that instead of really taking the deep dive and listening to the patient. And that's where they get really kind of crazy treating a symptom instead of the cause where you were looking at it holistically, you knew things were connected. And with the, with the yoga, what was the, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm still looking for like, where was the, like, where did you put it together that it was Lyme disease was like a, a thing where, Oh, this, this is that. Uh, and, and really came to that awareness and started getting the body uh, better. And did you make a connection to how the Lyme disease was manifesting physically from something etheric? Because sometimes mm -hmm. a cigar is just a cigar and other times things manifest physically because of an inner wound or a wound from childhood. Yeah. Okay. So I can back up. Um, so this was like a five year healing journey, but I did get the diagnosis of Lyme disease. Um, okay. So once I got that diagnosis, I started, thank God for my mom. She was already tuned into like the holistic alternative therapies. I went to acupuncturists. I went to chiropractors. I went to a Lyme disease specialist. Um, so really did a lot of the actual work around Lyme specifically. And when you treat Lyme, again, I'm no expert, but there's a lot of co-infections. So I was treated with a lot of herbs, which did help a lot. Um, so that answers your first question. And now I forget your second question. <laughs> no, and if you made a correlation, like if you look at Louise Hayes' work, who wrote the book about like how like a Hate, a heart attack could be a hate attack. Cancer could be resentment. Did you, was there any energetic correlation to Lyme disease showing up or was it more like Sigmund Freud saying sometimes a cigar is just a cigar, it was just an illness? Or did you find deeper roots um, energetically of what might've brought that into being for you? So not totally. And especially during this like five-year healing journey, I did not have the awareness. But because my journey was so um, multi-layered and I don't have just like one thing that helped the healing, what I did notice is the more and more that I started to work on myself beyond just the physical body, um, beyond just the food I was eating, but started to work on myself with my relationships, how I thought about myself, how I cared about myself, how I perceived my abilities how I perceived everything in my life, that is when things started to shift. And the correlation I've made later on in life in my own entrepreneurial journey, which is helping people use their voices, voices and spread these messages was that I didn't have a voice at that age. I didn't speak up for myself. I, I didn't know how to. And that's a huge part of my journey because although not everything was connected to my you know, voice, I didn't stand for myself. I was actually called spineless in high school once. So I was kind of this person who was just like, go with the flow. You know, she's so simple, easy, like blah, blah, blah. So that was a huge awareness and awakening later on in the journey to be like, oh, that could have been a huge correlation. Like you didn't stand in your power. And that's a, a huge thing for people is one, finding that unique voice and then being able to be confident in standing in your power. Because when you're actually showing up as you, if you don't have that, idea that it's none of your business what other people think, then sometimes you don't allow yourself to become empowered because you are putting too much value in other people's perceptions and judgments about who you're going to be and how much how much of a wound that could create if you're not in the space of taking everything with a grain of salt. So was is that something you had to work on too, to be able to shed off other people's judgments and go from spineless to this person of empowered of empowerment to help people? 
Absolutely. And the the image I'm getting is literally strengthening my navel. It's like standing up taller. It's like that connection to one of these power centers in the body. And yes, I believe that that really helps. So if there is a person listening to this that is struggling with their, their health specifically, I would encourage you and invite you to just think about some of the other aspects of your life that aren't so obvious. Some of the... Um, more subtle aspects beyond food, beyond just the herbs. Like what about your actual life and how you present yourself in the world? Because you're right. That was a huge, huge piece of this for me personally. Yeah. And I know, I think it is it in New Zealand or Australia, they have a, a thing called tall poppy syndrome where you don't want to stand out too tall because then the tall poppy gets cut down. Right. So like, there's like this, even this like social fear built into people. And I remember when I worked at the bank, I have 10 years of experience in banking. Like the guy who trained me is like, you got to run in the middle of the pack. You know, you don't want to be too good. So you stand out and they want you to do more and you don't want to be too low. So you're like not performing well. And they start talking to you, just run in the middle of the pack. And I think mm -hmm. that's kind of a mindset that's instilled in people. You just don't want to be bothered. Like in the movie office space, I don't know if you've seen that. He's like, my real goal is not to be hassled. He's, you know, you only do enough work to not get, you know, to get by and not to get, you know, looked at and whatnot. And for those of you, I, I see Megan tuning in and just saying, hi, Hank, thank you so much for tuning in. If you do have questions, if anybody has comments, you're welcome to do that. Or you can also just chill and relax if you're on your lunch break while you're eating or whatnot, because I know that we are kind of in a lunch hour for some people. So they might not want to be typing on their phone while they're enjoying their coffee or lunch or whatnot. Just kind of a personal question, since I have someone that has studied yoga, it started to shine to me to dive into yoga. And I was even looking at like these uh, online certification courses. Now we were talking a little bit about beforehand. Do you have recommendations like with yoga? It's such a, it's not just about the physical body. They really do kind of do a blended approach, but there's so many schools of, of different types of yoga and different niches that they are kind of catering to. Do you have any words of advice for people who are looking to do something for the body of what kind of school of yoga to pursue depending on their goals? Yeah, so the, the tradition that I really studied was mostly Hatha and Vinyasa, but I specifically chose my path because it was a yoga and Ayurveda school. So I wanted to learn about Ayurveda because it's known as the sister science of yoga. So the idea is that, you know, you can be this, the goal is to be like, right, this enlightened person, that's yoga, union with the divine. But if you aren't healthy, like physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, how are you ever going to get there? So I would encourage anyone to just do some research and find out what you specifically like because there are a lot of schools of yoga that are mostly physical based and you kind of enter the deeper parts of yourself through the physical body, which is beautiful. And then there are some that are more spiritual based. Um, and I think it's really just the personal decision of what feels really good for you. And out of curiosity, I found for myself like um, that the body and the being are two separate consciousnesses in a way. And it wasn't until a couple of years ago that when I really had that awareness and I started asking, hey, body, what would you like? And I mm -hmm. went like a vegan overnight, literally. I was in line at Chipotle. I asked that question to my body the first time. And normally I got like the half carnitas, half barbacoa. I'm like, body, what would you like? And it's like, not that. And it was like instantly overnight the total plant-based diet. And I haven't looked back since. Did you have that same like uh, awareness, like the, like just not including the body and on the decisions? And was there a turning point where you started to operate like just naturally more holistically with that holistic mindset? Um, I would say that I, I didn't understand that there was anything more than the body before I dove deeper, deeper into yoga. Like I was the person who was very physically fit, runner, soccer player, wanted to be fit, to be skinny, to be healthy, to be the ideal. So Honestly, for me, the the journey was 
through the body. It was thanking the body. It was going through the body and then expanding my consciousness and awareness that there are these layers. We call them koshas in, in the yoga philosophy of the first is the physical layer, which is the most dense. That's why we're, you know, it's the food you eat. It's what you consume. We're most connected to it. Then you go into the mind. Then you go into the pranic body, right? The breath body. Then you go into the wisdom body. Then you go into the bliss body, which is this Ananda, Ananda Maya kosha. So I would say for me, it was really this like journey through the body to expand further, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. And I, it's just different vocabulary from what I'm used to because I, I study like the Alice Bailey work, Treaties of okay. Cosmic Fire, and they have like these, um, it's the physical body, the astral body, the, uh, the mental body, then the Buddhaic body, atmic, spiritual, and monadic. And it's like just kind of like the same kind of concept, but it's like a different, just different vocabulary. And that's a, a great thing to keep in mind. So many things show up the same way, just with different vocabulary. And then we're comparing, oh, well, this is like that. But my teacher would always say the in the difference is the gold. Don't mm -hmm. compare things away, but look at the subtle differences. And in that difference is like the little nugget that you really need to get from this other way of looking at things that if you compare it away, you will have totally missed. So that's like a huge takeaway for people. And I don't know if you found that to be the same thing when you've found things that are similar yet different. I love that. I've never thought about, or I've never heard the quote about the gold, but I think that is beautiful. And I think it, this is a really good time to bring that quote back into, back into life because there's a lot of different opinions going on in this moment and how beautiful if we could look at them and find the similarity and also find the gold within the similarities and the differences. Yeah. And just to speak to one example, like we, everybody is usually familiar with the chakra system in Peru, they have a whole nother energy system they call Nawis, N-A-W-I-S, mm -hmm. and they're the, these eyes of energy, and there's five of them, and they kind of correlate with the chakras, but it's more like how energy is brought in and expressed out of the system, and chakras they look at as more energy distribution, but if someone looked at it like, oh, that's like the chakras, you would just shut yourself off to all this other additional knowledge of how they work together, and then like the lymphatic system and the meridians kind of tie together. Are there any energy systems in the in the fields that you've studied that I haven't mentioned that are like a, maybe another missing piece to this energy? puzzle out of curiosity. You know, I don't know too much about it, but just as someone who thought about being an acupuncturist, um, <laughs> it's traditional Chinese medicine and uh, those organ systems and how they relate to all the emotions in the body and the nadis, which are these these channels of energy in the body um, and these meridians. So there's so there's so much out there. It's fascinating. And, and Megan was just saying, wow, fast, interesting story about how I went vegan. <laughs> and I don't know if you're plant-based, do you have any stories of like how when you started connecting with the body, everything changed overnight? Like you said, you were all about the body just to be fit and, and skinny and all that. Did it shift for just being kind to the body versus trying to show up in the world a certain way? Absolutely. I definitely dealt with some forms of disordered eating when I was young because I just didn't understand that food was meant for nourishment, <laughs> like of all of the systems, we didn't understand that. Um, so I would say that one of the biggest changes was to literally look at food and be like, this is a form of nourishment for all the cells in your body. And at that point, then I deal, didn't deal with counting calories and not eating enough or eating too much. It was just like, this is to nourish all cells in your body. And this is for energy. It is for sustenance. It is for connection to the earth. 
Yeah, and for people who are in that space where you're just eating to eat for, for say, like when I eat now, like at, with the awareness that I have, I'm actually, as I'm chewing my food, even like having the idea that I know that there's this energy being released and it's like an energy ingestion and not just a food ingestion. And it, it creates such a, a different experience, a more enriched experience with whatever you consume and put into your body. When people come to work with you, I know you focus mostly, if I remember right, on entrepreneurs and helping people that are in positions of leadership. Do you do work with people maybe not necessarily professionally one-on-one, -on -one, but even like the people that show up in your life that are struggling to find their unique voice in this world. Have you worked with people to start honing them in on finding that spark within and starting to cultivate it? What are the, where does someone start with peeling off all those layers, covering up that muhu koya we call it in shamanism, that seed of divine potential, that unique voice within? Absolutely. And honestly, that's how I started my business journey. Um, I started as a holistic health coach, which turned into like spiritual life coaching. So most of the people I were working with were women who were very unhappy at their jobs. They knew that they were meant for more and they were dead scared. They were like, how do I do this? I have no idea. So that's how it turned into entrepreneurship coaching and working with a uh, different aspect. But that really began when they started to exactly, as you said, strip all the layers of stuff that doesn't define them. And that doesn't actually show them who they truly are. Because we have all these, you're probably familiar with the book, The Four Agreements. Yep. By Don right? Miguel Ruiz. Yeah. Yep. And we have these agreements and these stories and these narratives that we accept as true. And a lot of the times they're just that, they're just stories. So we take a look at some of the stories. You ask yourself, what have I been telling myself for you know all these years of my life or all these days, or all these moments of my life? And is that how I actually want to live my life? So for anyone starting this journey and wants to start to develop who they are, I would highly recommend that kind of deep dive into yourself and some of your own narratives given to you by society, family, friends, because you get to choose the narrative that you live out. Yeah. And for those of you who uh, were on my stream, I, my sobriety date for uh, drinking was March 9th and it was 15 years. And I did a stream where I talked about this one acronym, As I Forgive Me, which is like a metaphysical approach to inner work. Uh, so anybody who doesn't know where to start, if you go on the channel, you can go back to that. And I go through like these 12 little things that you can, if you do all these 12 things, you are taking a super deep dive and just peeling the layers of stuff out. And more importantly, going to, because it's not layers of an onion, like access consciousness talks about these layers that we perceive or these levels and uh, the, like the layers of the onion, it's really a nucleated sphere. Mm -hmm. And it's like a kid's bubble pipe. And these bubbles are filling in and you pop a bubble, another one fills in, you pop a bubble, another one fills in. And you're just like, you, you don't feel like you're getting anywhere because the real flow was back when in high school when you were called spineless or when you were in third grade and you got bullied on the bus and you didn't stand up for yourself. And this energy of victimization is fueling from this original wound and creating all these bubbles. So there's, you can pop them all you want. You if going to the original wound stops the flow of energy and then all the bubbles just go mm -hmm. and, it, and it really creates a sense of ease. If you got to do it by peeling layers, do that, but do it as quick as you can so you can get to that original wound. There's different ways to go about it, but that's my analogy of kind of blindsiding that energy and stopping the source. And then the rest becomes uh, so much easier to kind of scoop out. Yeah. I love that. Cool. What else? Let's see. I was, I had one other question and then I went off on a tangent and I <laughs> 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 let's see well I, you definitely work uh, I know you work with me oh that's the thing I was going to do about astrology because this all started to shift for you around age 27 is that right I am 27 now oh you're 27 now so how mm -hmm. fun because uh, if you're familiar with astrology at all are you familiar with secondary progressions and uh, Saturn returns mm -hmm. so like, 
it, well, secondary progressions isn't as relevant, but they say in astrology, if you're unconscious, and obviously you you fast track to this process, but the first 28 years is you getting programmed by society and your parents and your family and friends. That's your first Saturn return. And then coming up on 28, there's a seven-year arc to this. So like anywhere from 22 to 28, there's this awareness of none of that crap is me. <laughs> who, who, who am I really? And then there's this process of deep, taking the deep dive to get rid of all that stuff. And then the next 28 is you stepping into your, your potency. That's all like the autopilot of the universe. The more conscious you are, the less astrology matters. And you fast track all that. And it sounds like you really just took a deep dive and took care of it all. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I feel like, um, having this awakening at a very young age did fast track all this but i will say it was challenging because i got along better with adults like i could conversate better with people who were much older than me um even though i was like a chameleon because i could be the party person in college which i was um but then the other side of me was like let's go to the ashram and let's talk to these people who have been staying here for weeks and months on end so it was a be it's a beautiful thing that I had this awakening, came with some challenges, but I would never change any of this. And I'm saying like my illness specifically, I would never trade it for the world because honestly, it was the greatest gift to my life. I like saying that the 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 trauma and drama of our past creates the pearls of wisdom and the diamonds in the rough that really are our gifts to the world. Like how we were in that one class together where they said your mess is your message. Yep. And and I also like to add your pain becomes your platform and yep. they become assets to really help people. And this is last call. We were going for about 25 to 30 minutes for the stream. So if you do have any questions, uh, now is the time to ask while we have her on the line. And it doesn't necessarily have to be anything uh, on the topic. I, we can go very much off topic if there's a question, but we do have uh, Megan just offering that she actually became mostly vegetarian at 24, but still not vegan. Technically, I'm plant-based plus honey because I do eat honey still because uh, it felt light. I listened to the body and if the body said tomorrow it wanted a steak, I would question it. <laughs> I'd be like, are you sure? Because uh, I don't think that would uh, happen, but I, I'm really about communing with the body and seeing what it likes. And I get really weird cravings like pineapple and pistachios. I'm mm -hmm. like, I don't know why you want it, but okay. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that type of thing. Uh, I didn't even ask, are you plant-based or it, it, did you have any awarenesses around that and, and how to contribute to the body in terms of food and things? Yeah, um, I'm actually not plant-based anymore. I do eat meat in my diet. And this was because I was vegetarian for a very long time and I lost my period. So there were some female health things involved that led me back to incorporating meat in my diet, but I am mostly plant-based. Um, and to be honest, that was a very hard decision for me because in the yoga community, this is not the, not the norm. You know, and I've had uh, some friends who are, I would call them I don't want to call them that in case they're watching, but they're very, they're very uh, headstrong about certain points of view around. Uh, in fact, I've been corrected by one of my friends that I'm not vegan. I'm plant-based because I'm doing it for me and not for the animals. And there's like certain points of view around veganism about that. And it's really, for me, it's a, a choice with the body. And it's also a choice of what works and what doesn't work. Like if you just look at the sustainability of some of the practices in our diet today, it is not sustainable long-term. Yep. So regardless of points of view about if eating meat is right or wrong, it's not gonna work for the planet in the long run. And we just haven't quite uh, gotten to the point of, oh Jesus, we better change now or we're not gonna be um, not around much longer. <laughs> Absolutely. And as um, my husband and I are closing on our first house and and two weeks from now, and I've always had a garden for the last couple of years. So I really want people to be reminded that food can come from your backyard. It can come from 
the land around you. And I mean, that is the most healthy way to actually be eating because that kind of soil right there, it's not sitting in a truck for hours. It hasn't come from another country and been sitting on the supermarket shelves. So I would encourage anyone if they do want to connect with food garden, that's a great, great way. Yeah. Even if you don't have a garden, they have those little green things that you can yes. put on your counter now and you can yes. grow your own tomatoes and lettuce. Like you, you can grow some of your own food, no matter your situation. Yep. And uh, we'll give Megan the final, well, I'll let you have the final comment, but she's just saying, I have more faith in a loving creator when I was younger. So many things have happened that I've lost my faith. Has this ever happened to you? I have felt bullied by negative synchronicity since 2017. That is, that is a, a like that is the idea of life happening to you instead of through you and of things that can kind of pile up when you're younger. And if you do lose that faith, I would invite you to ask the question, what energy, space, consciousness, and choice could your body being and beyond be to start entering to the space of being in the flow of the universe with happening with your life through through you instead of to you and anything that doesn't allow that to start and uncreate it? Because that's a, a lot of of things that might have built up over time. And that's not something in the last couple of minutes of our thing that we can dive in, but maybe we can create a part two and start with how do you go from that place of negative? And really the only Satan is seeing anything as negative. It's like, well, you'll find I'm an acronym nerd. I love going about that. But it's like a lot of mindset stuff. I had a lot of experience in my drinking days and really being the victim. And it took a mantra of one year saying self-pity and gratitude cannot coexist to start shifting my point of view. So it's like staying the course, staying with it. Do you have anything to add to that? Um, we didn't talk about this, but just to end, the victim mindset is what I think created my healing journey for so long because a part of me at that young age stayed in that victimhood because I didn't know there was another way. So Megan, to kind of go off your comment for just this last moment is we've all had things that have happened to us. We've all had experiences. We are on this earth plane for a reason. We have polarity. We have dark and light, hot and cold. We have all of these things, but it's up to us to actually choose how we see these things because there is beauty in every challenge. And I'll just leave it at that. Perfect. What would it take for you to find the diamonds in the rough and the pearls of wisdom within? And thank you so much for coming on. I so look forward. I hope we can plan a part two and dive into some other uh, juicy topics. I uh, loved having you on and we will catch you next time, everyone. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today for the show. The Sonic Shaman is part of the Emergence of Being Contributor Network. Visit emergenceofbeing.com to learn about all the contributors and learn about our services and upcoming events. Please take a moment to subscribe to the channel. You can contribute to the show by supporting our efforts and sharing our content with those you care about and those who need it most.